1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome
0: back, hour number two. Starting off a lot like our number one, Joe Beamer in for Tom Bowerly here on News Radio nine thirty W B E N. Finishing off what's well, been a fun week for me. I hope you've enjoyed it. Talking about Rick Jenerette uh, found out late last night that he uh, has passed away, and talking about what he's meant to Western New York. Playing back some of the uh, some of the clips and. Like I said, every clip I play, the ones that you were around for, the ones you remember, I, I can put myself in the exact situation I was, either listening to that call live or listening to it on the radio, driving home from the game. Uh, what about you? Eight oh three oh nine thirty, star 930. We are joined by another Buffalo great, Howard Simon. Howard, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of retirement to join me.
2: Beamer, how you doing here? You're, you're all you're very welcome. Uh,
0: I, I, I'm doing well. Miss you in the morning, uh, but let me ask you, uh, Rick uh what did he mean to not only the Sabers but to Western New York in general?
2: Man, how do you put it into words? I mean, he's just once, you know, he's he's a one of a kind. Hopefully, you get more. Than, actually, we're lucky we've had more than one in our lifetime here with Van Miller and Ted Darling. You're talking about rarefied air. You're talking about one of the greatest play-by-play men ever in any sport. And he was here, and he did it for 51 years. I mean, we are incredibly fortunate to have gone on the ride with him and shared the many great calls and the many memories over the years.
0: You know, I, I was saying earlier, everyone's got their play-by-play, and most fans like their play-by-play person. But, I mean, I'm, you're a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan. I think they have the best commentating uh, booth in all of baseball but it's not even in the same league as RJ.
2: No, and that's the thing. When, when you get to a point, when we, you are at a level where you're talking about with a guy like Rick Jenrette, look, we all want the team to be good, right? But even, you know, there have been the occasional season where the Sabres weren't so good, Joe, right? Even if the team isn't good, and we have experience with this with the Mets, even when the team's not good, you still get, you know, it's a game night. You still go, hey, at least we still have Rick. Like you always had Rick Jennerette to listen to. Yes, we want wins and playoffs and all that. But it, it, I, wanna, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. But you know where I'm going with this, Joe? When a guy like that is as good as he is and as, as entertaining, as memorable as he is, to a certain extent, it's – it doesn't matter. We get to listen to Rick. And oh. that was what it was all about with him.
0: You know, I go, I go back to uh, something, Howard, I, I, not to bring back you know, bad memories, but I go back to the bankruptcy year, right? And what I remember of that season, the Sabres weren't too good. I remember coming home from school, and my favorite afternoon radio show host uh, was no longer on the, uh, was on the TV and reading the line that uh, I can hear Howard on Monday morning on WGR. But even those games— I mean, there are games from that bankruptcy year that stick out to me, like Shatan tying it, uh, the comeback against the Blackhawks. I mean, even, even that, like you said, you turn it on because Rick's going to make it exciting.
2: And that's, I'm not sure how many, we can say so many different things as a tribute to Rick to honor the man. It's really hard to rank a list of what's more important than any other. But when you, like I said, when you get to a point where it doesn't matter how the team could be having a terrible season, but you still watch every game or listen to every game because you don't want to miss a minute of Rick Jennerette. That speaks volumes about his work and how people loved him and how they felt about him. Now, Howard, you've been around the Sabres
0: for a a long time. What was your first impression of RJ uh, when you first heard him call a Sabres (laughs) game?
2: I'm laughing because it's really not a good one. Um I I had I grew up on Long Island, okay? So I had no idea who Rick Jenneret was. We didn't get Saber games obviously. This was pre-streaming and everything else. So I I never heard him. I come up here in the fall of 1980, Joe, I'm a freshman at Buff State. I am living in the dorms, so I don't have cable. So, you know, not every game was on over the air television. So a lot of them were on cable. So the only connection to the Sabers for me was to listen to them on the radio. So that's how I was first exposed to Rick Genrette, listening to Saber Games on the radio. Quite honestly, the first time I heard him, I thought, Oh my God, who is this guy? He's nuts! <laughs> like he's so excited all the time. And how did you like? Oh, we, this is he's really out there. So you kind of had to get kind of had to get used to Rick and understand his greatness because I'd never heard anybody like him before. You know, the, the guys I grew up listening to, the Rangers downstate, or the Islanders, or even the National. Games, um, The Dan Kellys of the world, the national NHL announcers on the networks, nobody was like Rick or Rick was like nobody else. So I had to kind of sit back and, and learn to appreciate and learn to enjoy this man and the way he did things his way.
0: You know, I, obviously, we've been talking about the calls. We've been playing a, a ton of calls, and this is not the easiest question, uh, question to answer. But, you know, from the 99 Cup run or from 05-06, 06-07, you know, was there a greatest RJ call? Because I could probably put a list of 20 during those three runs. Um, but was there, in your opinion, a great RJ call that captures him in one play?
2: No. I feel like I'm supposed to have an answer for you, Joe. But I think that's, like, I listened uh, to a good chunk of GR today from 6 o'clock this morning. Every time they had a guest on, they had Marty Baron, they had Paul Hamilton, they had Dan Dunleavy, they had Kevin Adams, they had Don Granada, they had Alex Stock. I mean, they had guy after guy after guy. And, and they asked everybody, do you have, like, a favorite Rick Red call? There is no pad answer. There is no single answer. I mean, those two years, you want to talk about, what, scary good? You want to talk about? Let's see in there. I'm trying to remember. The, the years kind of kind of run together, but there's a JP Dumont overtime goal against Ottawa in there, I think. That's um, right. It it right? It's I'm trying to remember where Danny Breer's overtime goal against the Flyers was. Was that in one of those two seasons, Joe? Yeah, that the, was oh five. Least,
0: that was oh five oh six. Out of the night. I, I had to watch it on uh, DVR because I had a lacrosse game.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> how do you pick one? I mean, they're just they're just so many. The, I mean, the Drury goal and then the Finneganoff overtime goal. Are you, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it, and that's the thing. So it's it's very hard to say is there one that captures everything because I don't think there is. They're all different, but they're all great because he rises to the occasion and makes it so memorable. You know, you if someone just walked up to you and said, scary good, every Sabre fan in the world will know what you're referencing. <laughs> yes. Right? And And the same thing with all these other calls. Like, I'm watching the – the, you know, someone tweeted out a link to the Drury call against the Rangers, and I'm waiting for who else? Who else? I mean, it, you know, it's it's incredible. There is no one way to set. There are, There's no one call, I don't think, that you can separate and put above the rest.
0: Now, Howard, last night, did you do exactly what I did? As soon as I uh, saw Paul Hamilton's tweet, I uh, went right to YouTube, and my wife and I watched, because I'm not working the mornings this week, my wife and I watched
2: over an hour of RJ calls. Oh, who didn't do that last right. night? I didn't get to bed till midnight. I knew once, you know, I heard the news and I was on Twitter and I started, you know, searching clips. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to bed for a while because there's just you could just you could just sit there for hours listening to this stuff. So the funny thing is, so I found I found an old special narrated by Kevin Sylvester that MSG did. Uh, I think it was like a half hour show, a bunch of interviews, a bunch of clips. I I think I found, it was a link to a, remember there was a CD the Sabres put out?
0: Yeah, in 2007. And
2: like 35 minutes of Rick calls. So I found both of those. And quite honestly, when I heard he passed, I have no idea why this was uppermost in my head. But one of the first things I thought of was, I've got to find the clip where it's, Ray's ragdolling Lemieux. And I listened <laughs> back to the whole fight, and I am just sitting there in my chair laughing hysterically at his call of that fight.
0: It reminds you of how exciting this uh, team was. And, you know, I, I was telling Josh that Pominville goal, the uh, scary good, it was like that goal alone put you at a level 10. And then his call put you at a level 15, you know, I mean, it just added, yeah. he played that clip back. I could run through a brick wall right now. I mean, it just added to an already excited moment. And as we discussed earlier, it could make a not so exciting season, uh, seem like, you know, one of the most exciting
2: plays of all time. Honestly, I, you know what? I don't think this is a call that I was listening to last night as well. I don't think it's one of his, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. But in terms of the significance of the moment, the Jason Woolley overtime goal against Dallas yes. in the Stanley Cup final, the shot heard round the world. I think that's another call. They were playing a clip on GR this morning. As soon as I heard Woolley brings the puck up against Dallas, I knew what was coming. In my head, I'm already saying, the shot heard round the world. Sorry for a bad RJ impersonation. But that moment, A, how he calls it. B, the significance of that moment is as soon as that call is made, Honestly, the first thing I thought of was, oh, my God, the Sabres are going to win the cup this year. And the second thing was, Rick Jenret's going to call the Sabres winning the Stanley Cup this year.
0: So one, if there's one thing I wish we could have had, Howard, it was RJ
2: calling a cup. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, it's heartbreaking, honestly. I mean, it, you feel so bad that, you know, he doesn't have that moment or, well, actually, I mean, Van called AFL championships, but Van never had a chance to call a Bill Super Bowl victory the legendary guys like that that are in it and just bleed for their teams and connect with you because they're there every game every season and you grow up you grow up listening to that guy and then you raise your kids listening to that guy and it is it's heartbreaking i think all of us wish you know that somehow he would have had that moment because all of us would have treasured hearing Rich Jenrette call the final seconds of a Stanley Cup championship.
0: I, I really think he also, he it, people are Sabre fans because of RJ, and I'll explain. You know, in the late 90s, uh, Stu Barnes, the Stu Barnes call, you go to school the next day after a Stu Barnes goal, you got kids going, Stu, I mean, I, I remember walking around Smallwood myself. Maybe it was just me, and I thought everyone else was joining in. Uh, but you got people doing, Stu Barnes, I mean, anyone who's my age was in school the day after a
2: Stu Barnes call, you're imitating Rick Jenneret. Okay. How about Pat LaFontaine? Look, see, here's, here's the deal. So Pat LaFontaine, I saw one of the things I was watching last night might've been that MSG special. They interviewed LaFontaine. And of course he brings up la, 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 LaFontaine. Here's a guy who comes into the league with the Islanders is famous for his time with the Islanders, right? He became a star on long Island and then he's traded up here for Durjan. And yet here's LaFontaine talking about, you know, he's done playing. And he'll be down on Long Island, and he will be walking around down on Long Island, and someone will notice him and shout out, la, 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 Fontaine on Long Island. So, that, see that, I mean, how do you measure the significance of Rick Jenrette? That's one of those stories. I mean, this is, this is not even in Buffalo. This is a guy who, who, who made a name for himself with a different franchise, who's living on Long Island, and down there they're saying, la, 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 Fontaine.
0: Howard, let me ask you. You, you obviously uh, know everything about broadcasting. How difficult is it to follow someone like Rick Jennerette? I mean, Dan Dunleavy, he's a great commentator, but it, it's got to be an impossible task to follow someone like RJ. It
2: is. And by the way, I do not know everything about broadcasting, but it, but it is. I always – but you know what? Dan's Dan's able to pull it off. It's It's incredibly difficult. Me personally, I don't think I'd want to be the guy following the legend, but – Murph was able to pull it off after Van, you know, couldn't do the games anymore. And Murph shifted one seat over and took over. And I think Dan Dunleavy, I love Dan. I think he's a great person. I think he's a great broadcaster. I think that's a very difficult position to be in. And there have been other announcers in other markets that didn't last because they were in the footsteps or in the shadows, living in the shadows of that legend who was there before them. But I think Dan actually is more than up to the task and I think he does a great job on the Sabres games.
0: Do you have an RJ story that no one else will know?
2: Um I, I guess I mean my story it, it would have been the first time I interviewed Rick and I honestly don't remember when it was Joe. I don't I I was on the air on BEN. I took over one-on-one sports for Murph in 93 and I was there until Empire started and then I went over to Fan TV in 96. So I, I, I'm going to guess it was at BEN, but I don't know for sure. But it really doesn't matter. The first time, I interviewed Rick Jenrette. So I was a nervous wreck. because, And I, I don't get nervous over interviews, right? We interview famous players and coaches, and all right, All these stars in sports. I just don't get nervous. But this guy, I mean, as a fellow, I don't even want to say fellow broadcaster because I'm not in the same league as him, but as someone who is in broadcasting, I looked up to Rick Jenrette in those few years. I realized this guy's an icon and I looked up to him as, Oh my God, this is like the Mount Rushmore of play by play guys right here. The first time I had to interview him, I was actually nervous because I didn't want to screw up. I wanted to come up with good questions. I didn't want Rick to get done with the interview and turn to like Sabres PR and go, who was that idiot? Don't ever put me on with this kid again. He has no idea what he's doing. Freaking Rick Jenrette. Who's talking to me. So I was super nervous. And he was great. He was so nice. He was really friendly. He put me at ease. I mean, it was just, oh, my Lord, thank you so much, Rick, because I was worried about basically vomiting all over myself, having to talk to you on the air. That and I was really struck. So the first time I had him on, I would have billed him as, hey, joining us right now is the voice of the Buffalo Sabres, Rick Jen Red. And I had no idea that like that's not something he'd liked. He didn't want to be referred to as the voice of the Sabres. So he actually corrected me on the air in a very nice way, but corrected me on the air and said, please don't call me that. That's Ted Darling. And that struck me as you want to talk about a class act. This guy's his own icon. And here he is saying that's reserved for the, for the great Ted Darling. What a guy.
0: What a guy. Yeah, you know, Howard, before you before we go, I got to say, you know, you, you are in a very high level of broadcast. You know, the first few times I worked this morning shift, I avoided you because I didn't want to make a fool of myself trying to talk sports with you. Because, uh, you know, I watched you on fan TV. I watched the Simon cast. I listened to you on GR. And then... Here's a guy I've been watching for 20 years right in the studio next door to me. So this is very cool for me. I just want you to uh, realize that, that I get to text Howard Simon anytime I want.
2: So, you're, first off, you're just being nice. Second, I think you have ulterior motives by saying that you want the Virginia Tech fanny pack that I have.
0: Well, I mean, I have a fanny pack to give you in return.
2: <laughs> Good, because I'll need one. Here's the thing. It's nice of you to say, but it's not even close. So, I mean, because we're talking about to me, the toughest job in sports broadcasting is play-by-play, and it's not even close. It's not anchoring updates. It's not doing talk shows. Because you know what? We you can write out a script for an update. You can put down me on my stupid legal pad. Can put down bullet points. I have time to figure out what did I want to say about that Bills game yesterday, or what do I want to say about the Sabers game last night before I get on the air at six o'clock in the morning. I can prepare. You can't prepare for a play-by-play in the moment, right? You have That's... no idea what's going to happen. You know, like Paul Hamilton was great about this this morning on GR May Day. Do you think Rick Jenrett woke up that morning and thought, hmm, I feel like Brad May is going to completely fake out Ray Bork and sweep, in, s- sweep the Sabres into the next round of the playoffs, one of the most memorable goals in the history of the franchise. When he does that, how should I call it? Hmm, let's go with May Day. He doesn't do that. You don't do that as a play-by-play guy. Shot heard round the world, scary good, look out, legion of doom. I mean, all this stuff, rag-dolling Lemieux, this stuff's happening live. And he, in the moment, is coming up with the catchphrase or the way to call it or whatever, putting the words together in the moment as it's happening. I can't even begin to tell you, A, I could never do that, B, how incredibly difficult it is to nail that 9.9 times out of 10, yeah. it's almost impossible.
0: Oh, no, I, I could never, in, in a million years, I couldn't do play-by-play. I can do talk radio, like you said. I can sit here and, and yap for four hours, but I could not, uh, believe me, it would be awful if I attempted to to, do, to play-by-play, especially hockey. Um, it would no, not that, be... That, uh, that,
2: but that's what I'm saying, Joe. I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's one thing to say, well, you know, you did a talk show for 30 years, blah, blah, blah. That's why you cannot compare. You do not put anyone in the league of a guy like Rick Jenret or Van Miller, for that matter, or any of these, the Vin Scullies of the world. The great play-by-play guys, man, I have, I don't think I have a greater appreciation for anybody in our sports broadcasting business than the the guy who hits that high a level in that part of the business.
0: You said it at the beginning, we are so fortunate here in Western New York to have have grown up with such great... Talents calling and making these teams that yes at times aren't that great uh just memorable and I think it adds to the fandom. I really think a lot of people are fans because of van Miller because of r j
2: how many times do you think and 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 you know you di- you didn't get a chance to do this, but how many times do you think a parent who is a Sabres fan at whatever point they decide to you know, talk to their young daughter or young son about, you know, being a Sabres fan, take them to their first game or have them start listening and watching games because you want them to be a, the next generation of Sabres fans. How many times do you think a parent over the years turned to that young son or young daughter and said, wait till you hear the guy who's actually going to announce this Sabres game? <laughs> His name is Rick Jenrette and there's nobody like him. How many times do you think that happened over the years?
0: Oh, so many times, and I'm telling you, uh, my son's not going to be able to get new memories with RJ, but he's going to be watching those videos I watched last night on YouTube, when he's old enough to appreciate it.
2: And that, to me, look, since the news broke last night, I mean, we're all, I think we're all, you know, going back and forth. I said, I've been going from crying to smiling all day long, because there's the sadness that he's gone, that we no longer have Rick Jen Redd in our lives, and that's incredibly sad. But, the amazing thing, the, the comfort in all of this, or the way to find joy amidst your sadness about losing Rick, is the fact that while he's no longer with us, really his voice is never stilled. Never. His voice is a click away on the internet, as many things as you want. And all of those great memories, if you heard them live, or if you, know, you have a young son who didn't have the ability to hear Rick, all that stuff is forever preserved. All the great memories, all the great calls, they're never going to leave us. They're always a moment away on the internet. So even though he's gone, his voice is never stilled. I mean, as long as we're breathing, we will have those memories and the ability to listen to all those great moments that we we had with Rick Jenneret.
0: And I will be I will be watching uh, more this week and I, I know those videos will be uh top viewed on my uh, on my YouTube. Howard Simon, we miss you here. Uh, we're glad you're enjoying retirement and uh, thank you for joining me thanks for giving me a, a full segment and I, I, I will say this um, <laughs> I will say this Howard you know I grew up watching you watching Mike Randall and it's amazing that I get to talk to both of you guys I, I, I feel very very fortunate like I said I mean, I watched you before I lived in Buffalo you, Empire was on in Hornell and Fan TV was on Empire and I knew who Howard Simon was before You know, I was living in western New York
2: well that's nice of you to say and now you know, I have I have the whole Jewish guilt thing in my head now because of all those mean things I said about Virginia Tech over the years. Oh,
0: that's all right. There's a there's an article on ESPN. I think you will enjoy reading about uh, the disastrous last uh, decade at Virginia Tech.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm sure you actually have that saved, so you can send it to me.
0: I will. Hey, Howard, I, I appreciate it. I, I know we'll talk uh, soon, probably about the Mets. Um, but thank you so much for uh, looking back on RJ, and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: Thanks, Joe. Thanks for asking me to come on.
0: Of course. Of course. That is Howard Simon. Uh, You know him from WGR, from WBEN, from Fan TV, uh, and WNSA. And he is now enjoying retirement, but still gives us time here at WBEN and still picks the bills over at WGR. When we come back, we'll put a wrap-up on this and get to something I finished the show with yesterday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
4: Where players dash with skates of flash, the home Here's team falls behind. And but after they the the Presley the gets and it again. Dawg, charging after it, clear right out in front. Back.
1: Oh, welcome
0: back. It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. That call was texted in, so I thought I would uh, make the listener happy. Uh, one of the all time great calls from one of the all time great play by play men. And I-, I will say, you know, I-, I heard Brian say today, everyone thinks their guy's the best guy. I, I don't think that's true. Like, I-, I-, I think most people who watch a sporting event can admit that Rich Inourette was in a league of his own. I, I think most people can admit, um, no matter what your team preferences. like I said, Vince Scully was one of the best to do it. I, I don't, I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm just saying, Vince Scully was one of the best to do it. Rich Inourette was one of the absolute best to do it, no matter um, if you like the Sabres or not. I, I, there are Yankee fans that think John Sterling's awful. I, I, let's just be honest. There are Chicago White Sox fans who, who think Hawk Harrelson should never call a baseball game again. So just because the uh, Rick Jennerette is just it stands out. It, it has nothing uh, again, I don't think it maybe it's added because we like we love the Sabers and these calls mean something to us because you know, the Sabers are family. I mean, our sports teams are our family. I mean, we we rally around our sports teams and, and that's what's so we rally around everything in this community. And that's what's so great about Buffalo. Uh, but we'll continue taking your calls at 8030930 on this. Uh, I am going to move on to something else, but you know, all day as you know, if I talked about it till six you can call in about it thank you to Howard Simon now in there I said Howard Simon and Mike Randall uh, these are these are two uh, gentlemen that I ta- that I watched before I li- uh, before I lived in Buffalo right Howard was on fan TV uh, Mike Randall was on channel seven both uh, stations at the time Empire and channel 7 you got in Hornell that's why I mentioned you know it's so cool you know growing up they probably don't want to hear that you know when I was eight I was watching them on TV but when I was eight I was watching them on TV and to now be able to talk with both of them, regularly, right, you know, I can text Howard whenever, Um, but that goes for a lot, I I, I know I've I've done this bit before, but, you know, working in in Buffalo Media, and being such a media nerd that I was, I mean, growing up with all these people I listened to, or or being able to meet all these people I grew up listening to, right, I mean, Rob Lucas, Rob Lucas, also from Hornell, I talk to Rob all the time, right, that's cool, Uh, Sandy Beach, the legend Sandy Beach, would listen to him in the afternoon on WBEM when he used to do the afternoon show. You know, I, I was able to work with Sandy. A Hall of Famer. Tom Bowerly. I would listen to, when I had free periods at, at uh, Amherst High School, I'd listen to Bowerly in my car as I was uh, driving to Manhattan bagel. Now I'm filling in for Tom Bowerly. I, I, I mean, it, it's such a cool, it is so cool to be able to not only get to know or get to meet People that I grew up to listening and watching, but actually know them. You know what I mean? I actually know them um, and to them be filling in on a show with, you know, I got to fill in for the great Sandy Beach. I get to fill in for Tom Bowerly, David Bellavia. I mean, some of the best in the industry. And when they're not there, they put me in. I don't know if that that means anything good. Uh, I don't know if that's good for them. Uh, But it's an honor for me. And it's really just... You know, living a dream, as I keep on saying, I get to live a dream every day, and uh, I will enjoy it until it's over. Hopefully, it never is. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Star nine thirty is the number to get on. I- I've got to say, I- I- this is going to sound really mean, but I don't mean this to be mean. I I I really don't know what the hell's going on with the town of Amherst. There are now, Josh, you drive. I don't. You probably don't drive the same way into work as I do. But on Maple Road, right by the station. They built these softball fields that are absolutely beautiful. All right? There's some great facilities. You see them on the weekends. They are are full with people watching softball. But from Main Street, you wouldn't know that. I'm sorry. From Maple Road, you wouldn't know that. What the hell? What is going on with the uh, lawn crew in Amherst? All summer... Those beautiful fields on Maple, now watch, they're they're, going to be mowed tomorrow morning and I'll look like an idiot. But those beautiful fields that they just put on Maple, you can't see from Maple because of the long grass growing up. Shouldn't there be some kind of clearing so you can see these fields that Amherst built? And I'm glad they did. Some fields in the area are getting a little, uh, you can't play on them, let's just say. But these are great, brand new fields, and they're being covered by. You would think that people on Maple Road would want to know: Are those? Oh, what's what's over there? I just think it's a bad look, and maybe I'm just I'm I, I'm nitpicking here. I think that's a bad look. You're telling me the town of Amherst can't mow the lawn, can't clear a path, so you can see these brand new fields. There are probably people that are doing turns on Maple. Well, they said the fields are right here. I don't see them. Oh, wait a minute. I think I see the foul pole in the distance. Come on. Town of Amherst. Are you listening? Mow the lawn. Clean, clear a path. I guarantee that's happened to someone this summer. They were supposed to go see some, a family member or someone play on those softball fields. And they weren't able to do it. I mean, they eventually got there. But they had to turn a few times on Flint. Before they realized, oh, it's hidden behind, you know, this field that hasn't been mowed in five years. Come on, clear a path. It's just a bad look. In my opinion, it's a bad look. All right. We talked about this at the beginning, at the end of the show yesterday. And I told you I'd bring it back because it had a lot of feedback on the text board and on social media. So I thought I'd give it a few minutes here before we get into something else. Um... But it, we're talking about politically appointed jobs. It's something we got into yesterday. It's back in the news uh, because Congressman Higgins, Chief of Staff, and as I as I've, I said yesterday, I have nothing wrong with Congressman Higgins. He's always been very nice to me. Uh, obviously, we don't see eye to eye on politics, but, you know, he sent a letter to my apartment when my son was born. It was waiting for us when we got home from the hospital. I think I think he's a good guy. I really do. We don't agree politically, but I think Congressman Higgins is a good guy. Um, so this is not against Congressman Higgins, but uh, his longtime chief of staff, Charles Eaton, has now been appointed as the Erie County Water Authority board, um, board of, I'm sorry, head of the agency's water quality and engineering operations, making over $175,000. Now I don't know what what uh, Chuck's background is. Again, Chuck's always been nice to me, so this I, I don't mean to you know harp on it or. Make it make it anything more than it is. But who benefits from this? Who's benefiting from these politically appointed cushy jobs? We saw it with the mayor's son. We've seen it with other members of the family. And again, I'm not. This happens to Republicans and Democrats. It's not just one side of the aisle. But we do live in Erie County. Should there be some kind of process? Because I'm not. I'm not going to say that. Well, if you were. The congressman's chief of staff, you could never work a job somewhere else again. That would be a ridiculous law. But shouldn't there be something you have to prove that your qualifications meet to get a job like this? We see it with Chuck Eaton. We saw it with Melissa Hartman, uh, with Net. I mean, these are good, cushy jobs. I have political friends. Where are my cushy jobs? And again, it's nothing against the, the individuals who, who get the job. If someone offered me $100,000 tomorrow... I love WBEN, but if I can get a cushy job, right, you know, I'll be right there. $175,000, I'll be right there. Should there not be some kind of process to limit or get rid of being able to just appoint people because, oh, you've been a longtime employee or you're a family member? Or, hey, you ran an election for us and lost. Here's a cushy six figure job. Should there not be some kind of process, the Erie County Water Authority said they were they were going to um, clean up their act in 2018, right? They said they were going to purge uh, this kind of behavior. Five years later, what appears to be a job because of political connections. 803-0930, Star 930 gets you on the board. Um, you know, speaking of the weather, last night... Be right before it started raining, not this morning. It was too cold this morning, but last night, right before it started raining, uh, I went out onto our patio to get our cushions uh, because they were starting to blow around, and I didn't want them to end up in the middle of the street. So I was out there, and the way it felt—I don't know if anyone was outside around nine o'clock last night—the way it felt with the wind and that storm moving in, but it was still warm. It felt like being on the on the ocean at night, right? Feeling like the, like being on like it. The beach on the ocean at night with that wind off, like, you know, the, the wind off the ocean, off the waves. And you got that warmth. I don't know, but being outside last night re- reminded me of just walking down the beach at night. Um, it was very comfortable. I, today's been pretty comfortable. I'm not going to lie. I know people are like, oh, it's, you know, fall's coming too early. It's one day. It's going to be in the 80s this uh, on Sunday, okay? But it's kind of felt nice, you know? Put a hoodie on, some gym shorts. I could I could put up with this for the rest of summer um I know some people still have pool parties and stuff so we're gonna get back into the 70s tomorrow this's been a kind of kind of a nice uh break eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty asking you about politically appointed cushy jobs eight oh three oh nine thirty we'll go to anonymous uh oh I hope this doesn't get me in trouble Josh anonymous on his cell hey anonymous thanks for calling in thank
4: you um you know my my personal experience is even at the, the blue collar job levels, like $30 an hour, when you take the for the water or the sewer, you can be competitively where you have taken the exam, actually have a competitive score, and they will appoint somebody provisionally and then give them an exam later because they're a relative of somebody that is uh, previously have, is working there. I've ran into that myself, where I've been interviewed by the water authority and have been turned down for the hiring of a relative that didn't even pass the exam. Really? So yeah. this and so the, what they said
0: five years ago. There's been no proof that they've actually been trying to fix the problem.
4: No, in this case, the, a relative had not passed the exam. They are a relative of another person making over a hundred thousand dollars, and just because they are a relative. They had, uh, they had hired them in, uh, provisionally, and then later were going to give them an exam opposed to people who were already active on a competitive civil service exam. Hmm. And there's nowhere to police that through, uh, through uh, the legislature or anybody.
0: So it's not just politically appointed jobs. It's, uh, if you have a connection, you can get that cushy six-figure job.
4: Well, as far as what I was understanding it is the Secretary of the Water Authority will will get a notice from the Committee Chair Zellner of basically who they want to appoint, of who they want to push through politically, and anybody else will not get acknowledgement other than who he asked the secretary to appoint. Hmm.
0: Interesting stuff, anonymous. appreciate the call. 8030930 star 930. Again, that is uh, in account. From Anonymous on a cell. Uh, but I mean, again, five years ago, they said this was this was not gonna happen anymore, and uh it just seems a little a little suspicious, right? 8030930, oh, and, and it's not just the Water Authority. We're seeing this um in Erie County, we see this around the country. And it's not just Democrats, Republicans do it too. Uh, but should there be a system, should there be some kind of process that could limit, if not Really get rid of politically appointed cushy jobs. I mean, who's benefiting at the end? Are we benefiting at the end? Eight oh three oh nine thirty. star 930 gets you on the show. It's Beamer in for Bowerly back after this.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?